हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट 18 सिविल सोसाइटीज सोशल मूवमेंट्स एनजीओस एंड वॉलेंट्री एक्शन एंड आवर टॉपिक इज न्यू सोशल मूवमेंट्स एज एजेंट्स ऑफ रेडिकल डेमोक्रेसी अर्नेस्टो लेकाओ and the channel tell mafao has attempted to theorize the phenomena of the emergence of new social movements their primary concern is to offer an alternative social imaginary to both capitalism and socialism as they view both the systems to be retaining the elements of domination and unfairness taking the from gramsci lacune and the mafao call for hegemony through a process of political coalition of various discrete social groups but without the assertion of leadership within the coalition by any specific group such as working class as it is in the gramscian revolutionary strategy thus they call for the construction of a consensus acceptable to all rather than a quest for supremacy by some ideology or group over other ideologies or groups inconsistent with their radical egalitarianism also influenced by the focaltian notion of power they argue that the social power can no longer be seen as centrally located in the state or the economy but instead it is exercised as well as resisted at the societal level the political implication of such an argument being the negation of any privileged arena of the political struggle like law mafia praise the new social movements for their particularities as against a unified vision or project the new social movements are indicators of the pulse of the people that they are no longer ready to accept the developmental paradigm that keep them out and preclude their participation they may not be concerned with the capturing of the state power through revolution yet they may be building consciously or unconsciously a countervailing power to the dominant state power the new social movements also represent ways to humanize the large macro developmental processes in order to demonstrate the fact that the modes of incorporation into the model world at all levels could be altered these movements also show how people cope with multiple and simultaneously crises and move on people's movements are emerging out of a peculiar contradictions within the societies and the culture in transition they may also arise out of contradictions and weaknesses that appear in the role of the state and in the division of labor resulting from the intervention of transnational capital 
the new social movements are also bringing about the horizontal integration of people instead of hierarchical in integration. According to Rajendranath, ecology movements constitute transnational, biophilic, universalized and moral movements. Their basic commitment and fundamental ideology not only transcends the human categories of caste, class, race, religion and nations, but also the categorizes of species, divisions and divisions of the organic and inorganic world also. This movement is a unique event which brings together the otherwise divided humans on one platform around a single issue, mobilizing them to struggle for one cause, the defense of all living beings born and unborn. Now let us move to the next point, NGOs and voluntary action. The modern notion of voluntary action has its origin in Protestant Christianity. Conceptually, it just means anything we involve out of our own choice without any compulsion. Having a purpose or meaning in the action is important for an action to be voluntary. The need for voluntary action arises when individuals feel that the existing socio-political and economic structure of the society are not paying sufficient attention towards some aspects of the society. Or it could be that those structures are not in a position to respond to some issues arising in the country, society. The motivation to do such action is very often unrelated to one's self-interest. However, Rajni Kothari argues that voluntarism is an essence of Indian civilization. He argues that the core of the Indian civilization is cultural rather than political. He further argues that the historically in Indian states were always marginal and limited in their sphere of action. The real functioning of the society was unable by the voluntary organizations that are based on caste, religion and commercial interests. He also claims that if one says that voluntarism has been an enduring feature of India, it only means that many people at many places are engaged in multifarious action without being asked to do so by an external agent, political, bureaucratic or market propelled. The perception of a dichotomy between the state directed and voluntary initiatives has arisen only in recent decades after the modern state and its institution either began to impede or voluntary ethos of Indian society or posed themselves on what people did on their own. So, Rajni Kothari finds the contemporary interest in voluntary action as something like going back to indigenous Indian tradition of community management of social life. 
Now let us have a brief look at the present day volunteer organizations which are considered synonymous with the non-government organizations. Though there is a subtle difference, NGOs are not the only form of voluntary action. NGOs could be a part of voluntary sector. Being non-governmental is only one among the many aspects of the voluntary actions. The activities of the Christian missionaries in providing health, education and various other facilities are also viewed upon by some to be the first of the voluntary actions in India. But their marked difference lies in the value framework within which they function. Their services are located within the Christian worldview of spreading the message of Christ and ensuring redemption to all. The contemporary NGOs have their origin in 1970s and 80s. This is the period when the state initiatives were increasingly being looked at with skepticism. It was a response and reaction to the failure of the state and its policies. From then on, there is a virtual multiplication of NGOs, though only about 15,000 NGOs have been registered. It is estimated that their number could range anywhere between 50,000 to 1 lakh. NGOs are increasingly being viewed as having an indispensable role to play in supplementing the developmental initiatives of the state. The co-opting of NGO by governmental agencies in implementing its policies has evoked mixed response from the scholars. While some view it as a positive development, some do not share this view. They feel that this is an encroachment in the sphere of civil society by the state and it is done by the state for encouraging neoliberal agendas. Sarah Joseph claims that the spurt in volunteerism or what came to be called grassroots politics after the emergency in the late 70s provided the hope for a while that a new style of politics was emerging which would regenerate democratic institutions in India. A more participatory model of democracy would emerge it was hoped as a result of popular pressures and the work of voluntary organizations which were involved in the organizing and mobilizing the people was extolled. Their intervention could, it was felt, help to articulate the needs and priorities of the people and lead the state to devise more people-friendly schemes. Though the governmental and the international agencies also have noted the phenomena of grassroots activism and the role of NGOs, she points out that the official interest was 
in using them as subcontractors for the more targeted and the efficient delivery since it was felt that they might be more committed and honest and acceptable to the people than the bureaucracy. The importance of NGOs in the developmental terrain does not however lie in the quantity of their work but in quality. As Anil Sichah Shah and Sudarshan Iyengar point out, there have been many instances where the people once served by the NGO subsequently demand the same standard in the performance of the government apparatus and agitate for the same. Though by way of quantity their share has been negligible when compared with that of the government, the quality of work done by them is impressive. The works done by the Aga Khan Ruler Support Program AKRSP in Gujarat is telling in this regard. They propose six parameters in judging the quality of NGO activities which are as follows. People's participation, technical excellence, cost effectiveness, equity concern for the deprived and poor women, institutional, financial and environmental sustainability and accountability. They argue that the greatest of the NGOs is their approach and method for enlisting people's participation, working informally in a friendly manner. They do not undertake development as government agencies generally do, with the primary concern being the achievement of a certain target irrespective of needs and priorities of the people. This shows the need for a change in the attitude of the government agencies involving in the task of development. However, the emphasis on the attitude instead of larger socio-economic structural changes is seen by the advocates of a radical change as a neoliberal conspiracy to legitimize its expanding role and also to bail out the state which is collaborating to this effect. Now let us sum up the unit. The catapulting of the civil society to a center stage of political discourse on political processes is like a double-edged sword. While it holds the promise of democratizing the development phenomena by increasing popular participation, it also possesses the danger of undermining the legitimacy of the state. Though many NGOs are doing commendable service in the promotion of the values of freedom, democracy, social justice and sustainable development. It has to kept in mind that they can never have the reach of the governmental apparatus. As one author notes, even thousands of NGOs cannot replace the role of the government. 
the accountability of the NGO is also another issue of concern. As already noted, a majority of them are not registered under the Foreign Currency Regulation Act FCRA, but their importance lies in demonstrating to the public the possible democratic ways of development with their participation and thereby make the people to pressurize the government to bring constructive changes in the modes of development. One also has to share the optimism of Rajni Kothari towards voluntary actions. He claims that though the contemporary interest in voluntary action is seen as a reaction to the failure of the state. We are very soon likely to discover a more positive and liberated sense of what voluntarism involves. Only the unfolding political events of the future can either vindicate or refute such claims. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.